When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Manchester Football Social. Full-time Devils Takeover. Yeah. It's the FTD fan phoning on XS Manchester. We are here 6 to 7 p.m. My name is Adam McCullough. To my right, I have Joe Very McGrath. closely to your right. How you doing? My name is Joe I'm excited. I gave you your full name this week. Buzzing for today's show. So am I. Let's 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 get on to Webby. Webby's in the house this week. Good evening. He's finally turned evening. up again. Actually, you were back last week, weren't you? I was yeah, back yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah. Sorry Sorry lovely that, trip Webby. away. Don't worry about my trip. No, not not again. Okay. <laughs> and of course, today we have a very very special guest. His name is Rennie Moulinstein. Rennie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Hello, guys. Webby. Thank you. Very How are you doing, Rennie? I'm good. I'm very good. Yeah. Current Australia assistant, you've been you've been almost around the world. You've done, how many miles have you done in the last couple of weeks? Did you say twenty five thousand? Total right, about yeah. the last four weeks, covering Japan, uh, Australia, of course, Dubai, and Turkey, and back here. It's a hard life, isn't it? Yeah. It's a hard life. <laughs> it's very hard. I know it's Belfast and back. Last <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm still moaning. <laughs> um, we are, of course, taking calls today. Yes, we are. Uh, we're um, going to ask for you to get your phones in now. Obviously, we're going to have a chat in the studio, but we do build them up. So if you're calling now, you'll be on the list and we can get for you when we can. 0345 treble one seven six two five. 0345 treble one seven six two five. On YouTube, you'll see it going past. So if you've missed that number, uh, jot it down and give us a call. Uh, we can get you on the list and we'll get to you when we can. Yes, and if you're watching on YouTube, welcome to the show. It's the FCD fan phoning. Cannot wait for today's show. It's been an international break. Been a little bit quiet for United, but how have you guys seen it? Rashford got two in two. Lukaku's been scoring goals for fun. Um, do you think that can carry that into this weekend? Yeah, surely. Obviously, Lukaku's been playing well. You know, we said if he gets good service, he'll score more goals than he did last season. And obviously, the talking points about the injury to Shaw. Let's have it right. He's been our best player this season. Terrible injury. Looked a lot worse than what it was. So, hopefully, you're saying he could be back in the squad for the Watford game. I can't see it, but you never know. But it could only happen to one person, you know. <laughs> he's, he's gone. What he's gone through in the last two years, you know, a lot of people would have quit the game. 
you know, the bad injury, we was there that night in PS3, we spoke after the game, we was all gutted for him, then he's had the criticism off, off the manager, and he's come back like we like we got a new player, and he's rightly sold the player of the month at United through, obviously, a few bad performances, so hopefully he won't be out too long, but... And he got that England call-up as well, which was yeah, much course. deserved, despite the fact that it ended in an annoying, um, an annoying injury. He got a great assist for Marcus Rashford's goal. Um, Rennie... How did you? How do you feel about Marcus Rashford when you see him play up top for England, score goals, and at Manchester United he's either on the bench or pushed out wide? When you see Rashford, how do you feel watching him? Um, excited, because I think he's a, a really exciting player. Being pushed out wide does not necessarily mean that it is a bad thing. It all depends on how you let players, you know, um, play that role. Uh, if it's very rigid out wide, it's different from a more flexible. Side, I think he can cause a lot of problems. Don't forget that, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, played out wide on the right or on the left, and eventually ended up scoring tons of goals coming in the middle from the wide areas, making his runs. I can see Marcus doing that as well. Marcus is versatile. That's the good thing. He can play up top. He can play actually out wide, left or right. He can even play off the front. So you know, it's you know, it's, it's such a great player to have in your team. Uh, we're going to go back to the Luke Shaw uh, situation, if you don't mind. Uh, obviously, uh, one, what was the, what's it like for you then, as a coach if a player gets a really, really bad injury to, to nurse them back into the first team? Did you have any experiences of that um, that you can, you can remember? It was tough for you to do that? It's always tough, but the first thing what you need to do is to reassure the players of their qualities. And so when, when you hear Jose Mourinho not doing that, did you look at it and think, well, what is he, is he playing a different game here? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to talk from my own experiences of what I would do. You know, mm. at the end of the day, that's that's what we've done. We've had, obviously, we've had our players, you know, at United that had longer injuries as well. Never mind, you know, Ruud van Nistelrooy, mm. even when he came, you know, before he even signed and had his cruciate and all things. And that, the first thing that, that Ferguson did was to reinsure him. So, listen, you're a top, top player, top, top striker. And, you know, you know, everything will work out and you're going to be a United player. We had, obviously, Owen Hargreaves. That was somebody that struggled with a lot of injuries. And you need to just making sure that the players don't lose that that belief in themselves and the appetite and everything. And and it speaks volumes for, for Luke, to be fairly honest, because, like Webby said, he had knock after knock. I mean, it could have been anybody, you know, and, and, and who happens it to, you know, to Luke again and to come back from that. But the way that he's come back and the way that he's got that call-up for England, fantastic. Indeed. He has been absolutely fantastic and it's great to see hopefully it can continue because if it does, there's no doubt he'll be the best left back in the country uh, mm -hmm. by far and hopefully he can get back to that status of before. Um, we are going to be going to the phone lines very, very soon. Remember, you can call in and get your questions to us in the studio or, of course, our special guest, Rennie. Uh, and we're going to be speaking about so many more things as well. Are we going to a call first? Or do you can go question? to a call first. I've got I have a Cockney Red here for you. Oh, Ahmad. Ahmad. That reminds me of Snatch. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad. I don't care if you're Mohammed. I'm hard. Bruce Lee. <laughs> we go to Cockney Red. Hello, mate. You're, all, you're the first caller on the full-time Devils phone in, mate. Uh, what do you want to say? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Um, I just wanted to say, in terms of, we've had an international break, and uh, I want people to start getting a bit more positive. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I know we've lost the first two games out of four, but from where I see, you've got the media doing attacking everybody, you've got rival fans attacking mm -hmm. everyone. The last thing we need is uh, our own fans to also do the same. I think we need to get that 
siege mentality a bit that uh, Fergie used to always uh, bring about. And uh, I wanted to know kind of what Ron, Rene thought about the, the siege mentality approach that I feel that maybe Mourinho kind of might be bringing back to us this season after that Tottenham game. Thank you very much. Well, you know, what I like about it is, <clears throat> as we said, is the word positive. And I think it's very easy to fall in the trap of negativity, which is fueled, that can be fueled by the media and obviously social media and the fans, they, they, they all jump on the bandwagon. But we must not forget, as, as, as fans of any club, but especially of Manchester United, and we always aim in highest to making sure that that negativity can transfer can transfer itself to the players. It can create insecurity. It can create all sorts of negative things. If the players know, no matter what happens, no matter what has been said and written, but they will be behind them no matter what. They will feel that. They will feel that and it will have a positive effect on the players and the performances for sure. I mean, I can't quite remember the top of my head, but was, the worst, was there a bad start to the season when, uh, when you were at, you know, at Old Trafford? Was well, there bad. anything Fergie did to... 2005-ish time, was it? Uh, sorry? Blackburn, around that time. I can I can remember that we had one season where we I think we started with a, maybe a draw and a loss or something. Mm-hmm. But we picked that up fairly quickly, you know, we didn't ever, <clears throat> there was no reason to panic and sometimes you need to look at the performances itself, did we play well but lose or whatever it is. Um, but that was really, never really basically <clears throat> an issue. The problem that we had, that we always felt in, in August, you just started two games and then there was the international break for no reason. Obviously they got rid of it, which is a good thing. Um, but no, um, but again, it's still early doors, obviously. You don't want you don't want United to start like this, but they picked up the points against Burnley, and hopefully they can they can do the same thing on Saturday and go on a run. What do you make of the style of play thing? Because there's a lot of talk about the Manchester United way and all of that. Now, at your time at the club, you you obviously worked with the youth teams initially, um, and you would have had a big part in training those guys and coaching those guys to how the first team would like them to play. Um, what was the message from above you in terms of Sir Alex Ferguson, in terms of you? implementing a style of play with the, the younger players or even when you moved to the first team? It was, it was, it was very, uh, very clear, Adam. I can still remember the day that, um, or the time that McFeelan was promoted to uh, assistant manager, me as first team coach. And I'm sure that the manager had a, a personal work with, with Mick as well, but he brought me in his office and he had his flip charts lined out and written all things on it. And, and basically he said to me, listen, Rene, I just want to talk to you a little bit about to roll in one page with regards to what I want. Um, <clears throat> but the main thing was when we go to the sort of the attacking side of things, and he says, if I, if I close my eyes, this is what I want, want to see. This is what I can visualise <clears throat> with United. When we attack, I want us to attack with pace, power, penetration and unpredictability. And that is what I want you and the staff to instill in the team every single day, no matter what you do. So those elements were coming back all the time. You know, pace, power, sp- speed, speed of play, you know what I mean? And if you look back to the games, and obviously some some games you executed better than others, but overall that was the theme and the players knew So it. was it, you weren't told you have to play this formation, it was more no. an attitude of the player. Yeah, no, we were very flexible in our sort of systems now if you look at it yes we played you know 4-3-3 or 4-1-4-1 whatever it was it was not that it was about football was all about utilising weaknesses of opposition utilising the right spaces breaking lines getting behind the back four creating chances score goals we looked at the things in the defensive side people knew exactly the jobs 
very clearly there was no excuse. If we press high, we press high. If we press in the middle, we press in the middle. If we drop and go compact, nothing. But going forward, it was by, by, by far more free-flowing. We showed them the options, but the manager was very, very big on the players to express themselves. You know what I mean? And we had the players to do it. And that creates that level of unpredictability. If you tell players to go forward and tell them exactly what to do, you stifle them. Because football is so, you know, so unpredictable at times that players have to make their own decisions. That's one of the things, the one, you said pace, power, penetration. It put a smile on my face when you said that. We don't have because any pace. Because it just you reminds me of just that. Then put a smile on our face. Would you like to get your hands on the current, do you think the, the current squad now, that Marshall's the Rashford, would they have adopted so well to that, to your the, your coaching and, and Ferguson's well, way, Marcus, do you think? Marcus and, and Jesse Lingard, for instance, they came through, you know, the whole Man United ranks. I know both of them when they were six, seven, eight, nine years of age and it was nothing else than in the early stages all focused on skill development. It was all about creating small-sided games, 1v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s, 4v4s. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we said to them, attack players, you know, go and beat the players. You know, 1v1, dribble, take players on. And that obviously needs to carry on all the way through the development. And obviously when you get to the first team, then hopefully you, you want players in your team that have that ability, you know, to, you know, to outmaneuver, to outplay players because you're causing problems for any opposition. Smile back on your face, Webby. I tell you what, that was like the old times. I was just, I was visiting Fergie's team in my head going forward, <laughs> beating everyone four and five nil, and coming home very happy every week and oh. edge of my seat stuff, which has not been for since the great man left. You know, when it's listen, to, listen to Rennie there. That's what I've been brought up on. You know, I've seen some dark times at United. But a lot of times with very bright times under the greatest manager in the world with different coaches along the way. And that's how the way we should play. When you see people like the happiness of the the, the football you played with United, do you do you get a smile back? Do you feel yeah. that is it uh, what does it feel like when people talk to you about just how much it meant to them the the football you played at United? It it, it, it was just it was just great because the aims were always the same and high, you know, winning the Premier League win the Champions League if possible or, or get there, get there abouts and then obviously the FA Cup <clears throat> and the other cup. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what it's called. Well, <laughs> I was thinking... How the and he didn't even mention <laughs> the charity shield. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I tried to say is that, that was no different. That was no different. But the, 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 the most, if you look at the achievements that Ferguson achieved so long is, is not to get there but to stay there and to be successful in, a, in an exciting style. And if you look at it, and when we trained the whole week and all this, I absolutely just love just to, to sit there next to Ferguson and basically just sit back, look, and basically just enjoy the players put into place what you've been working on that week. They were so, you know, mature, independent in their way. Um, and like I said, it, it, it's, it, it takes a lot of maturity for people to handle and take the responsibility of the freedom given. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that's what I loved. Every, every single, you know, pe people would say to me at times, you know, Rennie, you must have the best job in the world. This is, I, I, I do have the best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> We've got lots and lots of people wanting to get in touch with you and have uh, some questions. Richard's so we're going to just go question, through. Yeah. Richard is on the phone. Richard, you're through. Uh, what questions do you want to put to Rennie? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Very well, hey, Richard. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Malenstein, it's an honour talking to you. Big fan. Um, so my question is uh, basically I want to ask with regard to head coaches and the assistant coaches. Now, you work with the best manager in the history of football, in my opinion. 
So I'd like to in know everyone's opinion, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So what level of influence does the assistant coach have on the manager's thinking? I'm asking specifically, for example, now we've seen that Mourinho's style of play, some fans think that it's changing and it's down to the new assistant coaches in Carrick and McKenna and the other person. So as an assistant coach who has obviously won a lot of trophies, who've seen star players and who uh, who knows exactly what the pulse of the fans is, what is your judgment? Do you think Mourinho with the current crop of assistant coaches will be able to change his style of play and achieve success? Great question. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very good question. Um, you can only change if you're willing, if you're willing to. Um, again, I can only speak from my experiences. The 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 advantage of the advantage, the difference that he has now is that he has somebody next to him, Michael Carrick, that has basically lived through that Sir Alex Ferguson period, so he knows exactly what it was like to play on the Sir Alex Ferguson and what to train and this and that and the other. And I'm sure that he would like to transfer some of that experience and expertise into the current, in his current job. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, assistant managers are <clears throat> important in that respect. Um, I think that every manager would say that. They need good soundboards. I think for Sir Alex Ferguson, because I was sort of part of his last six years that he was at the club, so he was, he was very successful already. He had lots and lots of experience. And I think in that time, he basically... Um, reached the highest level of of to be as a manager, which means that he delegated a lot. He trusted Mick Feeling, myself, Eric Steele, Tony Strudig, all those people that were there that were helping him without losing any level of control. The things were set, the parameters were set. There was no change there. What what United is going through with Marie is still a little bit of transition because everybody's still, where's this going? Where's this going? We're not really getting the results. We're not really playing the way we want. When when is this going to change? And hopefully, you know, like with Michael there, maybe you know that uh, you need to go on a run. You need to get on a run of games where you're going to win. Win that builds breeds confidence. That gets some continuity into the team as well. If you keep chopping and changing, that doesn't help. That inconsistency. Um, so yeah, but but have to wait and see. Uh, we're going to take a quick break in a minute. But should we just get one more question in from Cam? Who uh, Cam? You okay, mate? Yes, do you want to put your question to to Rennie before we go to the break? That guy just asked exactly the same question. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? Your question was more about what happens when the assistant sort of leaves. Like, would it add? Seems aimed at Rui Faria, kind of doesn't. Yeah. What? 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 Is there something you want to ask Rennie about when he left Old Trafford? You know, like when he left, you know, like when like Carlos Queiroz left and that, for example. You know, like with Alex Ferguson, did he like, you know, with his assistant managers, because like he seemed to evolve with his managers, did he like, did he like welcome a new assistant, you know, to like get fresh face in, fresh ideas and hmm. all the rest of it, like if you know if that makes sense. hundred percent. One of the top, top qualities that, that stood out with Ferguson was his adaptability. And what I mean by that is not many people, when they get into the jobs and they be successful, they just carry on as the way they've always done. But Ferguson had the ability to adapt to new things. Just remember that things when he took over in 86 and you count on, you know, things looked completely different in 2006 <laughs> or 2010. Yeah. Webby looked completely different then. <laughs> I wasn't even born. <laughs> no, Swimming but, around somewhere but, I was. But it's true. But it, 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 takes, it takes a certain mindset and a certain intelligence to be able to adapt to that. Mm. I mean, you look at, look at the age difference. For a starter, 
you know, how to to work with so many young young players and to still get them, you know, to get them going and motivated and everything. So perfect. We're gonna have to take a little break. Oh, uh, I know, I know. We got lots of callers on. Paul uh, is on the live. Right, I've got my uh, quiz questions ready. Uh, oh, lovely, uh, myself and producer Chris, sit down. Uh, so you can have a go at this. You can text us eight double seven double one. Get your answers in, or you can also go in the comment section. Uh, let us know your uh, answer. Which current outfield player has played the most for United without scoring? Which current outfield player has played the most for United without scoring? In the comment section, let you us mean know. You ever. Ever. Uh, no, current. current. That's current. why I said Adam. current. No, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, they've never scored. Or do you mm. mean they've just gone 10 games without, who's who's on the longest streak without scoring? Never, ever scored. David Agea. No, no, you can't tell us <laughs> yet. You, you can't tell us oh, yet. Sorry, you can't tell us yet. We're going to get it in the comments. It's got to be, right. <laughs> <right. laughs> be an outfield player. It's got to be an outfield player. Right. You've got to be an outfield player. Right. This is Excess Manchester. Thank you very much. Get your comments in. Uh, your questions in for Rennie as well, because we've got about another 40 minutes of this. This is the Manchester Football Social. Full time Devils Takeover. Yeah. Adam Akola, we are back on the FTD fan phone-in. To my right, we've got Joe, we've got Webby, and of course, we've got Rennie Moulinstein in the house. What a special... What a it's a great show so today. I love it, I love it. And on that note, by the way, Ooh, let me just say, we have been nominated for a Northwest Football Award this year. Yes, we have been nominated. I can't believe and it. I want you guys to head over to the Northwest Football Awards website. Link it's in, in the description. Link. The link's in the description below on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, and vote for full-time devils in the fan tv channel of the year you can also vote for david de Gea in the player of the year tahif chung in the young player of the year and could it be a united treble at the awards oh can you imagine oh, uh, unfortunately they don't Let's do, do it. they don't do question of the year for this one i just asked <laughs> uh, which current outfield player has played <laughs> the most for manchester united without scoring uh lily and becky they got it wrong they sent me a text unfortunately you're wrong lily and becky uh you let's put your friends texting you in answer yeah well he's texting me in, so i said i'll give him a big shout out let's have a read of this so you've got a lot of people getting it right we'll go to you webby what do you think uh, I said, um, Tommy, I don't think he's ever scored. Okay. Uh, Lindelof. But they did say the longest. The longest. longest. That's what makes me think. Not Philip much. Jones. Since Ooh. Villa, he hasn't scored. That's he was waving at Rennie that day, wasn't he? I think <laughs> Rennie showed him how to put it in the back of the net. Great goal that day, by the way, wasn't it? Great goal. <laughs> let's no let's get the answer which you've got him. I think Philip as well. Uh, Webby stole my answer, by the way. What you, well, okay, so I can tell you that if you put Mr Lindelof in the comment section and text us in, you are... Correct. Lindelof. 33 apps. 33 yeah, appearances. That's all I've got to say. What do you, what do you want from me? Oh, that's very when, poor for you, John. When did Phil Jones score? Come on. <laughs> I it was against know. Aston Villa in uh, 2012. 1-0. One 1-0 one, one victory. It was more than 1-0, I'm you sure. You can expect more uh, uh, amazing... When did Phil Jones score? score? It was a volley, wasn't it? Uh, let's talk about, really, what you're up to at the minute. Uh, all this travelling around, uh, what currently are you do are you doing? Uh, and uh, you're over in Australia. Uh, is it just a whirlwind for you at the minute? Do you get time to relax, to watch football? Plenty, plenty, because... Uh, no, 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 it's, um, it's something new, something different. I've obviously been always in... Uh, in club football that everybody knows and, and this opportunity came to um, you know to join the Australian national team as the assistant mm -hmm. manager assistant head coach 
Uh, Graham Arnold, who is the manager, um, actually got to know him through my time at Manchester United. Happy days. He came 10 years ago when he was doing his pro licence mm -hmm. and um, so I had to do a, a foreign club visit and uh, Ferguson was very good in palming all those people off to me. But no, it was good, Graham. I know Graham as a player, uh, ex-player, played in Holland for a few clubs. Um, stayed in touch after that, uh, mainly talking about players that he could bring into Australia. He's managed in Australia predominantly, very successfully. And uh, he's got given the national team job. So he rang me end of January saying if I was keen to join him on that journey. And like I said, it's something different for me. Uh, besides the national team, we do the Olympic team as well. So we just had our two camps, just come back from Turkey, from our first national team camp. And it's been very good so far. So hold up, you that's kind of like an under-23s manager's role, assistant manager's role, and an under-23s... Sorry, and a f first team manager, kind of, because Olympics is all under 23. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we have, we, we, we've got the national team, which obviously knows as the, the Socceroos. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. We are very keen in, in make, bringing the right young players through. So we want more contact time. Uh, the the, the Oluroos, as they call them, the under 23s, they need to try to qualify for the Olympics in 2020. So we want more contact time. Mm -hmm. So if we pick those both those teams together, which don't really clash, you know, it's uh... a lot of people talk about players' attitudes at the minute. The young players' attitudes coming in in this world of social media. Have you seen a big change from when you'd maybe uh, manage someone or coach someone from the age of eighteen, ten years back, to how you coach people now that that are coming through? Because people are suggesting that the social media and Twitter is playing such a big factor. Do you see that when you coach players? Not necessarily in coaching players. It's more <clears throat> the daily sort of behavior with the social media i do know it's kind of it has a bigger effect on managers more mm -hmm. than anything because it's it's out there and you can't control it um and social media is out there it's 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 no point in saying it's a bad thing it's there the key is how you manage it mm -hmm. and our messages would always be make sure it works for you and for us you know as a club that's why it's important that the club has certain things in place what can be done and what cannot be done. You know, that is that's the what do you call it, that's the trap sometimes. In terms of in terms of coaching, I can't really say, you know, the the key is to making sure that if you set your parameters, you don't want everything that happens on a training page to go out. That creates a lot of problems and that creates a lot of debates because mm -hmm. certain things in the dressing room on the training page should stay there. You know what I mean? Just to make sure because you are you know, you're a, a, a tight-knit group, you know what I mean? You need to be able to trust yourself. And if you know, if I give you a rollicking drill, which I could yes, quite yeah, easily yeah, yeah, do, my, can my you do that now, please? performance on the show. <laughs> Joe, you, and I, I say it mildly, you weren't that good mm -hmm. today. He wasn't. And then that goes on social media, yeah. and then the whole debate starts, yeah. and Webby says, well, yeah, we should sell, sell Joe and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what I mean, that's the uncontrollable side of it. Yeah. They've tried to sell me a lot. I'm not going anywhere. Next week's huge debate on full-time devils is Joel out. Yeah, I'm going to get mad at him. After he picks up his award. <laughs> so they talk about the social media, and then I guess the other thing that comes with that is the money side of things. The young side, the young players now will be on significantly more than they were when you started in the game. Does that have an effect on a young player, the, the, the money that they're getting? Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. I think I came in... Uh, the first time I came in, in in 2001 at United, and that was 
already a time where the sort of class of 92 was well established. But they all came in as younger players, you know, in the early 90s and they got through and they, they won the Premier Leagues and Cups and, you know, in Champions League in 99, etc. The first thing that really struck me with those players, you know, goals and gigs and Beckham and the Nevilles and all, was that determination, that winning drive, you know what I mean? That was only one thing in their mind. Training, getting better, winning the next game, winning the next league, winning the next trophy. Now, with younger players that are sort of, you know, being given that sort of safety net, so to speak, mm-hmm. and if it's not careful, because if your motivation should always be driven by achievement. Where, where do I want to speak about to my grandkids? Mm-hmm. How much money you have in the bank, or how many, how many medals, how many trophies you've won, and the memories. Mm-hmm. It's completely different. That's why you see many of those young, really good young up-and-coming players that everybody says and raves about, where are they? You know what I mean? I mean, the, the best example probably of what I can give at that time was, for instance, somebody like uh, Federico Makeda, you remember well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. When he came in, yeah. he had his golden moment as Aston Villa. Yeah. And then Middlesbrough a week later. Sunderland, 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 Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. And I can still remember yeah. in that time, just before we got for training in the boot room, and I sit with Federico, I said, Kiko, he says, what is this going to be for you? Is this going to be the start for an absolute brilliant career at Manchester United? Or is this something you're going to look back on as one of your highlights? Yeah, and mm-hmm. he recently had an interview where he said one of his regrets was that he didn't work as hard after those goals as he did before those let, goals. And let, did you see that, Adam? Yeah, because in training he was there. Everybody could see he was he was gifted, he was talented. Otherwise, you're not at Man United. But at times he came to me and he says, "Ah, oh, and you know, every time you know, and and, and, and Neville and Giggs and Scholes, they're always shouting at me." He says, "Listen, you should be happy to shout at you, because the moment they stop shouting, you're out the door." Mm-hmm. They shout at you because they see the potential you have, but they also see that you're not getting there. That's why they shout. Not because they hate you. Oh, right, okay. But it's, you know, sometimes it's shame. And I think that happens to quite a lot of young players. I feel like we don't have that leadership at the moment from the players. Like, one thing Fergie was great at was obviously <clears throat> he passed, like you said, he delegated a lot, but he also had a lot of players in his squad that would keep people in line as well and I feel like at the moment we don't have a squad that is looking out but Adam if you look who's not pulling their weight look at the makeup of the squad the main nucleus that that Sir Alex Ferguson always had in the squad was English oh yeah yeah. or homegrown or English that people knew what was expected what was thing and if you now have a predominantly you know foreign squad with all different nationalities and cultures and all this and that and the other it's not as easy to sort of, and especially if a team is not stable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, every time a week, every week we're expecting, you know, what's going to happen? Probably it's the same thing with the players. You know what I mean? And that creates that uncertainty. You know, you know what I mean? Mm. Your team's had a, what, what I think is lacking from the United squad at the minute, and I'll speak to you about this, is, is the captain, the leader role. You had a leader when you were uh, at United in terms of the player on the pitch. How important is the captain who goes on to the pitch with the players, the Vidiches that we've seen, and you look at who we've got now in terms of Pogba, do you see the same characteristics in Pogba that you saw in your great captains that, that played on the pitch for United at the time? Now, the, the, the problem with Paul is is that he's, at the moment, very self-orientated. And as a captain, you need to be team-orientated. Paul has still, you know, you, is, 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 is need to put in a lot of energy in managing himself in mm-hmm. this situation. You can, man, you can see that in everything. 
and all the the little you know tweets of text messages that come out that the media jump on and social media and all that but as a captain you don't hear anything like that you are constantly you know focused on the team and everybody around you it's true. I just, I just think that the the thing that is missing is that leader, is that captain. I think that's do something you, in football, though, isn't it? Do you, think, do you, you don't do you really think, have yeah. those. Yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, we, we did. We about, mentioned that. About the so teams gone. who had the so-called hard men leaders, like Liverpool. We won't mention the names. We knew we had at United, <laughs> City had them, Villa had them. Everyone had one, but I think now, I think the game's changed. Football's it's uh, changed, hasn't it? You don't have players like that anymore. You know, we, I can remember the, the kid at, at Rangers, and then. Didn't become go to Malanga too, so you know you look at players like obviously Link with United with the Scottish connections he had. Mm-hmm. But like you say, I think football's changing now for that. So you talking think, about Pogba? Yeah, sorry, Joe. No, uh, talking about Pogba. Um, what what were your meetings and your memories of his? Because his agent was obviously one of the reasons he left the club at that time, um, and now it seems like he's possibly trying to engineer another move away from him. What were your Memories of of his agent. Do you have any? Briefly, briefly, because I I obviously didn't have anything to do with him at my time at Manchester United. It was only when I met him personally when I was manager of Fulham. Um, but managers have total different uh, ambitions than than any club. They just speak on behalf of the client. They they do this. They listen to them. And if the client is happy, great. If he's not happy, then obviously they try to. Manufacturer removed. So what so. kind of dilemma was it for Sir Alex Ferguson when he had this talented boy such as Paul Pogba, and um, who was at the club, and it was clear to everyone that had seen him yeah. that he was some talent. Um, I, and then I, he just Adam, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that because I wasn't in in that situation mm-hmm. in the boardroom, whatever's played. But if for some reason, the club or have made the decision we go this far, and if that doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's why. What, I, what that's about Raval? What? <laughs> Because we hear the stories about Raval Morrison yeah. and how Fergie no, tried no. to help him. And did, uh, did you have not, any experiences? Not, with not him? only not, not only Ferguson. I think if there's eight hundred <laughs> people working in the club, they all tried to help him. They uh, all knew what a talent kid he was, and you know, obviously, he had his issues and with his whatever's his, his background, and surroundings, and everything. And we tried everything to make. How frustrating is that when you see someone with that talent massively? Because I felt he could be one of the biggest talents that England had seen for a long time. He had Paul Gascoigne qualities. He could slide past people. No problem. You, you, you didn't see him move, he was just yeah. like that. You remember that first, Effortless. that that youth team and obviously what went on. Lingard, Pogba. All lemons. He was a star man. Remember watching it and remember seeing a goal when he went to West Ham at White Hart Lane when, when he just said he just glided past him and there was a, what, a goal on before. When he was at West Ham, what a talent, what a waste, you know. Do you remember the FA Youth Cup semi-final at Anfield? Yes. I think it was a semi-final. That only got sent off. Yeah, but he was amazing in that <laughs> game. Until he got sent off. I think what I'd like to ask, and obviously we talked a lot about these stars who could have done something. Was there anyone who's come through the ranks that has surprised you? Where at first glance you might not have seen the talent in them, but then you go, man, you, you, you know, they've come and they've just broken through and you go, I didn't see that coming, but I'm glad it did. You mean at Manchester United? Yeah, at Manchester United, or maybe in general. Well, listen, the one I have to also, we remember the two Keane brothers that we had, yes. William and Michael. Yes. Mm-hmm. And William was the more talented sort of player. He was the forward one. He had a bit of guile about him. He was he was just technically very good, smooth, he could score a goal. Michael was just a grafter. Hard work, put it in, put his shift in. But he stuck to it. 
and and I've been so pleased if you look at the career that he's had and moving away from United, Burnley, obviously now Everton, even made the the, the England squad at yeah. times. Uh, that's one of the examples. Not always everybody's going to hit that, you know, that top level because it's so difficult. Very pleased, obviously, for, for Jesse Lingard that he came through because I can only remember him as his little tiny ball, this boy, and, you know, I think at every other club he would have never been given the chance that he had at Man United. But I've always said it to Jesse, he says, listen, and I've, I've, when he got older, I said, listen, you are the English version of Iniesta. Hey. You're playing in between the, the lines. You're quick, you're smart, you're bright. Look at clips from him as much as you can. You know, look how he does, what he does and turn, when he runs, when he plays one touch, etc. And it's fantastic to see how well he's done. He sets a tempo for Manchester United a lot of time, particularly in the final third. Because like you said earlier, pace, power, penetration, unpredictability. Manchester United without Jesse Lingard a lot of the time are very predictable. There's and one other thing. The one other thing that would, would added, linked it all together, what we were big on was the rhythm of play that you see sometimes when you build up from the back you have a bit of a slower rhythm you know one and two touch and two touch you get it you're dragging the, the, the opposition but when you get into the attacking third when it gets congested we were we were easy to to to, uh, to um, change into a one touch rhythm mm. uh, you know like uh, up back and through like four or five players touching the ball we had this rule uh, in training it was very simple if five players touch the ball twice it's about 10 seconds if five players touch the ball once, it's only four or five seconds. And that speed of play, one-touch football, you cannot defend. Was there ever anything that you worked on, particularly with a group of play any group of players, that you worked on for so long and then you saw it just come off on the pitch and just like... I'm a genius. Adam, Adam, I'm a genius. <laughs> Adam, How does it feel? I just, know, I just want to hear examples of Adam, these things. I know Adam, you do it a lot. Adam, we saw that every week. But it was very tailor-made. I'll give you a few examples. Arsenal away, at some point, we played him in the season, but we played him in the Champions League as well. I've never seen a United team playing with that speed and power. Oh, the Park, the Park, the Rooney, the Park, Ronaldo Rooney, goal. Ronaldo, yeah. all that. That one, unreal. You know, and it was, we knew that how Arsenal played with on the wanger, yeah? You know, combination played, he wanted everything to feed. So we set ourselves up to intercept and to hit the spaces and to run. Brilliantly. Uh, Chelsea away with uh, Luis, given the ball, he thinks he's a combination of Pele and Cruyff. <laughs> so so he, would, he, would, he would be an accident waiting to happen. So we just waited, we set the trap, we won the ball again, hit, hit certain areas to get in there. The crosses, if you remember, we won that game, I think 3-2, whatever, away, yeah. yeah. were all low, low crosses, low finishes. Now these are details that decides games at highest level because those players, they can pick it up and they can execute it. But you need to give them, obviously, the options. We're going to have to take a little break. And the what only, chat the only bad way. thing about this show is that it's only an hour long. I've got one yeah. more, I've got a question Who's for you. Who's on next? <laughs> They're not on. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be a hard guest to follow. Right, how many, this is your next question, in the comment section, Texas 8-7-1, how many hat-tricks did Cristiano Ronaldo score for Manchester United? Uh, we'll be right back after this. Give us two minutes, don't go anywhere. This is the Manchester Football Social. Full-time Devils takeover. Yeah. We're back for another how many minutes? I'm not sure, we've but it's going to be an action-packed eight minutes. And we've got a couple of callers that want to get their questions in for Rennie Moulinstein. Now, he's been a very, very 
good guest. It's been a lovely great it. show Let today. Hasn't it? Great, great guest. You got a great chance of winning that award now. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course we are. <laughs> it's coming home. The Northwest Football Award is coming home Getting to full time Devils. Um, we're going to have to get Rennie on the table now. But anyway. Well, we've got, I've got to tell you, by the way, Ronaldo only scored one. Ronaldo only scored one. And one if you saw us all in the studio going like that, yeah, that was because we were just talking about the answer. Oh. They probably thought someone got bold. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to go to Ellis now, who's got a question. Ellis, talk to us. Hello. Hello. Hello, mate. Are you all right? You're coughing up. Uh, yeah, I'm not doing the greatest, but, you know, it's fine. Well, you're Come through on. to the full-time Devils phone in, mate. What do you want to say? Um, getting your opinion pretty much on um, radio. Oh, yeah? Actually, because I, I quite like him, but I know some fans, they don't, because of recent performances, mainly against Spurs. But I reckon we should just give him a little bit of chance, really. Chance and time to, to do something to the squad. Rennie, do you see that something is... Uh, do you, Mourinho, he's at United now. Not a great start. How do you sum up how the rest of the season might go? Ellis wants to give him a, a bit more time. Yeah, I'm the first one to support that. Yeah. Because I know first firsthand what it is when you're not being given time. Uh, it's slightly different because obviously he's already quite some time at, at Manchester United here. So, um, But again, early doors this season... Um, it, I don't think it would help. It would help any cause at this moment in time if people start shouting for change and all this and that and the other again. It just unsettles everything. What they need, and that's the most important thing. And I think I, I said it to another program before. He needs to make sure he channels his energy from within to making sure he gets that team, that group all together. Obviously, they got a good result against uh, against Burnley. Hopefully, they can build on that. Um, you know, on Saturday against against Watford, and that creates confidence. And hopefully, by that time, when those wins come, you know, also that the the way of play is getting getting better. But it it has started to become a bit of a how do you say it? You know, the, the way and the play, and you know, it comes back time and time again. And <clears throat> we just have to wait and see. We have to whatever we want. The most important thing is he's there. We need to support him. We need to support the players, and we need to as as fans as well to help the players to get mm -hmm. the best out of One thing is for sure though, like regardless of opinions, like myself, whoever, when when United fans go in the stadium, they always back the manager, regardless of whether they feel, I don't like him, I don't think he'll succeed, or they do think he'll succeed. Like everyone, like I have my doubts, but I'll be singing Mourinho's Red Army like anybody's business. I think that's a great thing about United fans that even when times are hard they don't want to be seen as a bunch of fans that just want to get their manager out at first best, best fans in the world we, we're going to say that because we support the club but we've been there we've witnessed it we've been involved in the away ends obviously he was at Burnley some's coming out of Burnley saying it's the best away end they've seen for a long time at United I expect the same at Watford on Saturday evening mm -hmm. you know we're going to back the manager you know you look at that game up at uh, MK Dons 4-0 down non-stop singing that sums our fans up you know what I mean we're getting beat 4-0 by a low-league team with a decent team and we don't stop singing and we will back the manager 101% until he leaves the club and the next man who comes in, whoever that may be, he'll get the same backing. For mm. you, really, do you ever remember a particular atmosphere, if it was home or away, where you walked out and go, for, you know, the loud tonight, with the, the 12th man? Yeah, so 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 often and so many. The, the, the one thing that, that, I, that we always knew in Feld was if we, for whatever reason, were struggling to win the game in the first, let's say, 70, 80 minutes. And it came down to the last 10 plus extra time. It was like, <laughs> you know, obviously, it was it was not something like it was off the cuff mm -hmm. because we did a lot what we call scenario football. 
You know what I mean? You had two teams, you are one all up, so you have to defend it. We are one all down, you have to win. There you go. The key is to look at the clock and not sort of panic about you running out of time. So basically, let's say 10 minutes on the clock, 10 minutes to go, we need to get at least six quality, six to five, five to six quality balls in the box. Mm -hmm. And one of them needs to be a goal. And, and the fans, they sense that. And there was this wave, and the next wave, and and the opposition knew that, and they said, "Oh my, you know." And that ten minutes suddenly became a long. But you know, there've been there've been lo I mean, loads, loads of loads. And if the fans, that's what sometimes I can always remember, Ferguson. If the fans were not as loud as we wanted to, Ferguson would say it's probably our own fault because we're playing crap. <laughs> I'm sure you know we use I mean? uh, worse words that we can't say on the, on the sorry, radio. Sorry, excuse me, my apologies. He's allowed. Oh no, you can say that. Speed, it up. Say that. speed yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. You know that that's that sort of stuff. And then the, you know the fans go and they, they buy into it. You know what I mean? There was a bit of sometimes a bit of sort of cavalier mm -hmm. type of style into it. You know what I mean? When it looked like, but we still knew what we do. I think the best goal that sums it up, and one of the atmospheres that I've never, never, ever forget is that four-three game at home. To City, where Giggs has played the ball. Yeah, oh, no. oh, what I was in the Stratford. <laughs> I think no, I nearly ended up on the pitch. No, <laughs> so did so you. Know, yeah. With the fourth one. <laughs> you know, well, where, where did you end up then when, it, when that goes in? Did you just run on? I can just remember it just being carnage. What, know, what's your I, memories of it going in? Uh, yeah, I, I know. I think it was jumping up on the pitch. I don't know exactly what it was. But um, only Giggs only could have uh, could have played a goal. But the, the one incident. That I always remember. Do you remember the home game against Sunderland? And 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 Ferguson was suspended. He sat upstairs in the stands, mm -hmm. and we had this phone, you know, to stay in touch. <laughs> McFeelan was down on the line, on the, on the, like coaching the team. I was there speaking to Fergie, but it was such a bad line. So every time I picked it up, Ferguson put it down. Mick <laughs> so, so saw that happening. We're going into the last two minutes of the game. Vidic goes forward. You know what I mean? And he scores. He scores the winner. And absolutely, I was there only by myself in the three chair because Ferguson was upstairs and Mick was downstairs. <laughs> so I think it was, oh, yeah, forget it. I run down the stairs, but I missed the last one and I fell flat on my face. I'm on the floor, I'm on the floor looking up. I see luckily the camera pointing the other way. Yeah. Gary Neville is in the substitute bands, absolutely laughing his head up. And Mick Feeling goes, what are you doing there? <laughs> I remember that game yeah, as well. Yeah. United with my last team in a bet, which was great. Webby, we are coming up to that time of the show again when you give us your Webby's final words. But before we do head off, uh, can I say a massive thank you yeah. to Rennie Moulinstein yeah, for being an absolute pleasure, gem of a guest. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. Also, guys, make sure you're checking out all the new content on Full Time Devils. We've got the FIFA 19 ratings unveiled for you on the channel. We've got also the preview for the Watford game coming up tomorrow. Um, and plenty more as well. Fan cams on the weekend as well. Um, Joe, any final words? No, just excited to get Premier League back in our lives. Defo, Webby, it's your time Yeah, to final thoughts. Thank obviously, you, looking forward to travelling down to Watford on Saturday. Loud and proud as normal. And let's bring three points back to Old Trafford and let's start this run. Like Rennie said, we get on a run. Breeds confidence. Happy days. Come on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.